Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. Jesus, I'm unworthy to have you under my roof. So don't trouble yourself, Lord. Don't, don't trouble yourself. Listen, listen, just, this is where the, this is, the, this is right here is worth it, man. Just say the word from where you are. You don't have to come here. You don't have to touch my servant. You don't have to soil yourself with my presence. You, you, you can just say what your will is from where you are. And when you do, my servant will be healed. He said, well, how, how did he come to that rationale? Well, it's right there in verse 8. He says, I too am a man set under authority. In other words, this centurion was a man who had authority over him and authority under him. He was responsible for others, but he was responsible to something higher. And he says, I say to those under my care, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. I'm not quite sure how he came to this understanding, but somehow this centurion came to believe that Jesus was on earth as an ambassador for the kingdom of God and that in him was the full authority of that kingdom. Would to God that all of us understood that, that Jesus is the ambassador of the kingdom of God. He's the king who became an ambassador and invested in him as the full authority of that kingdom. And so he reasons within himself that Jesus in a greater way, just as he in a lesser way, only needed to let his will be known and it would be done. What a discovery. What an understanding. All he has to do... All I have to do as a Roman centurion with those who are under me is just let my will be done. Let my will be known, I mean. Let my will be known. Go, come, do this. And it happens. So much greater is Jesus who is the representative of the kingdom of God. All he has to do is let his will be known and it'll happen. Wow. Lord, speak the word and my servant will be healed. Was he wrong about Jesus? The Apostle Paul opens up the door for us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to show us that he was indeed not wrong about Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. This this right here is beautiful. Listen to this. It's all speaking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he, that is Jesus Christ, is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. 
Just as God spoke and space, time, and earth came to be, all Jesus needed to do was speak his will and the Roman centurion's servant would be made whole. We come to verse 9 and we find that having encountered these two visitations sent forth by this Roman officer, it says that when Jesus heard these things, he marveled. He was amazed. He's amazed. And he's amazed at the centurion. And turning to the crowd that followed him says, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. Now, I know it's true that he said that, and I know it's true that what he said was well, reflected the reality of what was really going on in the day and time. But it's hard for me to believe that a pagan, Gentile, Roman soldier expressed more faith in God and his Messiah than the high priest of Israel. <laughs> it's hard for me to accept that this pagan officer had more faith than the scribes and the Pharisees who studied the law. It's hard for me to believe that he had more faith toward Jesus than all the rabbis who taught in all of the synagogues throughout Israel. And that brings us then to truth point number four. Religious heritage, participation, and or position are not indicators of one's true faith. Trust in God and his son, Jesus Christ, in the time of trial and uncertainty is the indicator of true faith. Just because you're a member of the mission church, just because you're an elder, a deacon, or a pastor, just because you've got 12 Bibles in your bedroom and 40 more in the boxes downstairs being stored, is no indicator that you have true faith. But when you trust, when you rely upon, when you turn to, when you put the full weight of your life in the hands of Jesus, that right there is the indicator that you have faith in him. And this is why Jesus was amazed. The place that you would think faith would be found, it was absent. And the place that you would think it would be absent, it was present in abundance. So the question is this. When one discovers that they are a sinner, that they are judged and condemned by God because of their sins, do they look to his Messiah, Jesus, for redemption? Do they look to Jesus for right standing with God? Or do they seek some other means to fix the problem? When a believer finds themselves on the bad end of a medical diagnosis, in a broken relationship, in financial calamity, or under a government they can no longer support, that's no political statement. Do they look to Jesus for healing, for comfort, for provision, for discernment, for direction, or do they seek some other means by which to fix the problem? You know, it can be a bit shocking, but many times the people that one would think possess true faith don't. And it is shocking when you discover that those you think don't actually do. 
Truth point number five, and this is the last one. Outward appearance and or association does not always tell the tale, tell the tale about a person's heart. Because you know what? That's, that's our problem, isn't it? Too many times we're making judgments based on what we see on the outside. Oh, he's a good Christian. Why is he a good Christian? Because he goes to the mission church. Oh. And he goes faithfully every Sunday. Oh. And he carries a Bible. Oh. And he even gives in the offering. Oh. Let's make him an elder. Let's make him a deacon. Hey, let's, let's ordain him. Make him a pastor. Well, maybe. But maybe not. Maybe... That's just going through the motion. Maybe not. Maybe the one who doesn't have all those appearances, God is doing more there and they are growing more there than we could ever imagine. It takes more than just taking a look at someone's casual actions to determine where they stand with Jesus. Well, let's wrap it up. Jesus was amazed at the lack of faith in Israel and the abundant faith that was in Israel. A Gentile centurion. What amazes me is how this story ends. This centurion pleads with Jesus not to come, saying, Just say the word. Just, just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Now, here's what I want you to do look at the text. Or if you don't have your Bible open, remember the text. And if you can't remember, just follow along with me. Did Jesus ever say the word? Just say the word, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. Did Jesus ever say the word? Did Jesus ever say, servant of the centurion, be healed? Well, you know, the text doesn't say. It's completely silent. Maybe he did. And maybe the reason it's not recorded is because he never actually said a word toward the servant. It is highly possible, and I think very probable, that Jesus in his spirit understood that this was an opportunity for the Father to receive great glory in benefiting this man by healing his servant. And in his spirit, he just agreed with the request, and it happened. He wasn't there to touch him. He wasn't there to pray over him. He wasn't there to put oil all over him. He didn't even stand out in the field and say, by the power vested in me by God Almighty, be healed. No. It would appear as though he simply chose within his spirit to will that it be so. And what do we find? We find that when the people who had come to ask Jesus not to come to the house, but just say the word, when they got back home, you know what they found? They found the servant of this man whole. They found him healed. He had no residual problems. He wasn't still queasy. He wasn't weak in the legs because he'd been laying around, you know, suffering. He was up. He was vibrant. He was vital. He was moving on and doing his thing. Jesus restored him. I come back to this. Now listen to me. This is so important. Just say the word. Just say the word. Words are very powerful. Words are very powerful. Words are so powerful, they even impact the redemption of one's soul. 
Hmm. You're going to show me that, Pastor? Fine. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If you say it. Now, that's all. That's all just that's stop. Just the bold. That's good enough. If you confess with your mouth. Just say it. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I'm not up here trying to preach some kind of name it, claim it, confessing doctrine. I'm I'm so far from that, uh, we're not even in the same universe. But I will say this, that words are very powerful, and the words of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ are powerful to bring God's saving grace upon you. Now, somebody would ask, well, now, does that happen after you do that, or did you do that in response to him coming to you? That's not, that's a sermon for another time. But let me just say this, that when we confess Jesus is my Lord, and we believe in our heart about his work on the cross and his resurrection, when we come to believe and confess we're saved. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.